Welcome to This Podcast is a Ritual. I'm your wizard, Devin Person, and today's episode is dedicated to my friend Jessica Green, who passed away at the beginning of this summer. I met Jessica Green in 2019. I had just lost my job and decided, on a whim, to drive down to Asheville, North Carolina to attend a retreat of sorts put on by a fake religion held at a place called the Cabbage School. The Cabbage School referred to itself as a rigorous, skill-based fool school, and it was run by Jessica Green. Jessica was a weaver by trade, but she infused her work, her workshops, and her many forms of teaching with magic and intention. So one of the things that we did at this retreat that other students had done with Jessica previously was each morning we'd wake up at dawn and line up in the yard to slow walk. Now, if you've never slow walked before, it's more or less what it sounds like. It is walking as slowly as you possibly can, lifting your foot slowly so the heel raises first and you can feel the weight on the ball, the toes stabilizing before finally the muscles engage and the whole leg lifts off to move slowly through space, swinging out in front so that that heel can come back down and the foot can roll forward to find stable purchase as the other foot begins the process again. Slow walking is a form of meditation. It's an opportunity to appreciate in greater detail 
something that we normally rush. We're always walking with a purpose, focused on where we're trying to go. Probably, most of the time, trying to get there faster. But slow walking has no destination greater than the other side of the yard. So the walk is the entire exercise. And the slowness shows you where you're impatient, where you struggle, where your thoughts go when they're not going to their next destination. And so today's episode is dedicated to Jessica and the idea taking a moment to slow things down, to create more space for possibility and magic. And so we'll invoke her spirit and the spirit of all the teachers who taught her this ancient art as together we learn how to speak slowly. Now, even though this is a solo cast, or maybe that's a slow cast, or some sort of portmanteau of solo and slow that I'm not going to try and mumble out right now, I still think We should have a magic word. And the magic word for today is rhythm. One, two, three. Rhythm. Now, slowness can be manifested in all sorts of different ways. You can try and stretch out each word so they become longer. And while extending vowels is certainly an option, I think that would get a little bit annoying rather quickly. But even without such a extreme exaggeration, right now, I'm slowing down my words so I can speak more slowly. But, as you might have already noticed, for me, this slowness has more to do with cadence than elongating vowels. Cadence is the rhythm in which we speak, the way our words beat out a pattern as if I were hitting a drum. 
And you can make that pattern faster and slower. But while the words themselves are finding the rhythm inherent to their syllables, one of the things that I've found so powerful about speaking more slowly is the use of pauses. Sometimes we treat pauses as just the tiniest rest stop where we can gulp in some air and then keep on going with our speeding train of thought. In fact, When I coach people on how to do public speaking, one of the best tips I've learned to pass along is that when you first get on stage, you should plant your feet, take a deep breath, and count in your head one, two, three, while looking out at the audience and then beginning. And what I have found using this technique is that most people feel nervous about public speaking. So when they get on stage, that nervous energy comes out in a flood and they start speaking as soon as their foot hits the stage, and the words just tumble out one after another without so much as a pause. And while everyone who public speaks knows on some level that it's essential to hold the audience's attention, people don't often realize or fully appreciate how effective the pause can be in accomplishing that goal. I've stepped out onto stages where everyone in the audience was chatting with their neighbors and not paying attention. And by planning my feet, taking a deep breath, and counting one, two, three, while looking out at the audience, I saw everyone realize that someone was on stage not speaking. And that reminded them that it was time to pay attention. It's almost a bit of a paradox because you'd think loudly clearing your throat or signaling we're about to start would be more effective. But really, there is so much power in a pause, intentionally holding that space that it draws people in 
And then, as you begin to speak, you can use those pauses to create anticipation about what you're going to say next. Because everybody in their own way is playing the game of predict the next word. It was a beautiful day. My friend gave me an ice cream cone. The good dog wagged its tail. Our brains are always trying to anticipate, to predict. And so one thing that slowing down lets us do internally is really think about what we want to say and where we want to go. Because we predict our next word even while speaking. And when we're speaking fast, that process that our brains do to think about the construction of grammar, the available vocabulary, and that amorphous, nonverbal intent we want to signal to our listener if we're just barreling along we might find ourselves in a default mode, following the standard patterns. Instead of pausing, we fill our speech to the brim with filler words. You might or might not have noticed that so far, even though I've been speaking for over 14 minutes, maybe it was 13, I don't really know. But even though I've been speaking continuously for that amount of time, I haven't said like or um at all. Because the slower rhythm affords more opportunities to be intentional about what comes next. And I think that idea of intentionality about what comes next is at the heart of magic. Because just like sentences, our days are spent reaching into that space of possibility for the next activity, the next chore, the next meal, the next destination. And if we're not careful, we can end up rushing through the day, rushing from one thing to the next, going for the default, the standard, doing things 
just because. But when we pause, we make space. And when we make space, we create a greater field of possibility. So maybe as I'm hungry and driving home and feeling rushed, the choice isn't between Burger King or McDonald's. The choice expands to remember there's a little market where I could slow down and buy something for lunch, as well as some other things I might need for later in the week. Or I could remember that a friend said they were off work today and I could reach out to see what they're doing. Obviously, when we're in that rushing mindset, this feels difficult, perhaps even impossible. But that's the whole point of slowing down. And even if it feels difficult to slow down, your entire life, learning how to speak slowly is an exercise, a magical ritual of intention and rhythm that you can do at any time. You can do this on your own. I'm sitting in a room with no one else around me other than the ambient, abstract, magical, metaphysical ghosts of you future listeners. But even if I wasn't recording these words, I could certainly still be saying them. So let's imagine for a moment what that would be like to take a moment where you normally rush and then inject the subtle shift of speaking slowly. I'm sure many of you drive a car. And for those who don't, congratulations. I didn't own a car until very recently, but I think you can find your own space and time that will work just as well, if not better. Everyone who's ever driven a car knows that you have to get out of the car. So, parking turning off the ignition, gathering your belongings, opening the door, stepping out of the vehicle, and going on to your errand, your work, your social outing, whatever that next destination might be. But what if 
before you opened that door. You took a deep breath and counted one, two, three, and then practice speaking slowly to yourself. You could just describe what you're about to do. I'm going to go into this store so I can buy the paper clips I forgot to buy last time. Okay, that's a description. It's also a statement of intention. And we can explore that more fully by continuing to speak slowly and adding in additional elements. For example, I'm always a fan of invoking curiosity. So, before getting out of the car, we could say, I am going into this store to buy those paper clips I forgot to buy last time. And I'm curious about what else I'll see that catches my eye today. Maybe that'll be a sign or a display. Maybe it'll be a fellow shopper, another human on their own errand. Maybe it will be an employee and I can just be curious about what I'll notice on this errand in this moment of my life now. So we can imagine this simple activity doesn't even need to take a full minute. And yet, I bet you can already envision the ways it would change that shopping experience. Maybe on a practical level, As you're saying your intention out loud, you'll remember that you also needed some new pens and a folder, thus saving yourself yet another trip back to this store. Maybe invoking curiosity will change the way you approach your fellow shoppers, and the employees that are just trying to get through their own day. Maybe you'll read their name tag. Maybe 
you'll give them a smile. Maybe you'll just notice a funny interaction that makes you smile for yourself and no one else. This doesn't mean that you have to walk slowly through the aisles or do everything at the pace of a turtle, but it's simply creating a pause and opening up different sorts of possibilities. Because that's what it is to be a person. Each day, we move forward in time from one possibility to the next. Some of these moments are constrained. If it's 9 a.m. on a Tuesday, it's not just possible but highly probable that we'll be on our way to work, if not already working, already. But if it's an afternoon, an evening, that space of potentiality expands, and there's so many things that we can do or not do, that we might want to do, but forget about when the time comes. And so speaking slowly, even for a very short time, is just a way to feel those other possibilities. In language, there's the idea of a non sequitur. If I was going to say the sentence, the dog wagged its banana telephone, that wasn't the answer that most of you were expecting. Some non sequiturs are total. Nonsense. But if we think about a non sequitur activity, this doesn't mean we need to lie down in our bathtub and cover ourselves with mayonnaise and chili powder and make ourselves a human elote just to be so weird and so random, it just means that we're moving beyond the default and looking at other options. I could read the book that's already there on my bedside table. I could read one of the books from that pile of books I've been meaning to read. But I could also read the first book 
on my bookshelf, or the last, or the one that is the most green, or pick a letter of the alphabet and see where that takes me. Because wherever it takes me, it's someplace else, someplace that I wasn't planning on going until I opened up that pause, that space of possibility. But magic is not just a solitary activity. In fact, the most powerful magic is done in community. I would say one of the main things that I do for a living now is speak to people slowly. My hypnotic voice is like this, but a little different. But it's still an unusual rhythm that helps lull the mind out of its normal patterns. The great hypnotist of the 20th century, Milton Erickson, would intentionally use boredom to lull his patients into trance. And as social creatures who rely on language, and particularly oral spoken language, to navigate our social reality. We're used to the rhythm that our culture prefers. Some cultures speak faster. Some cultures speak slower. But I think there's something very special and more than a little magical that happens when you listen to somebody speak softly and slowly. This is the popularity of ASMR, whispering about nothing in particular, but just having that soothing sound that some people find particularly pleasant in a strange way. But even if you're not listening to somebody whisper and coo into a high-quality microphone, guided meditations, and other forms of relaxing audio communication also rely on speaking slowly. In fact, there is a message 
that is communicated without words by the cadence and rhythm of the speech we decide to use. So, if somebody is upset, we could yell at them to calm down. But I've found that most people don't really enjoy being told to calm down. While on the other hand, If we slow our speech, maybe not to this extreme, but just letting them know that we're here and we're listening and we perceive their distress, but it's okay, I'm speaking slowly and we're going to figure out a way to move forward together, that can have a soothing effect. This idea of slowing down isn't only limited to cadence, tone, and the occasional elongation of a word's vowels. We can slow down our communication by practicing reflective listening. How many times have you been in a conversation where you're just waiting for your turn to talk? How many times have you been in a conversation where you can tell the other person is just waiting for their turn to talk? Now, in therapy, reflective listening can be used very overtly. But if you try using it in a regular conversation, you can choose to be subtle or overt. And I think you will find that most of the time, the other person really appreciates that feeling of being heard. Again, everything starts with a pause, making that space where someone finishes talking and their words don't bump in to yours. It's not like two groups of passengers squeezing past each other, trying to get in and out of a subway car at the same time. It's creating a gap where their words fade into silence. And then you can say, Hmm. So what you're saying is, and then repeat what you've heard them say. If this is new to you, it might feel awkward. 
or a little bit cheesy, but even as simple of a sentence as, oh, so you're saying that when you went to go talk to your boss at work today, they blew you off and rescheduled the meeting, and that felt super frustrating. Is that right? That slows down the communication. And they can say, yes, exactly. Or, no, no, it wasn't frustrating. It was, and then explain whatever they actually felt. But here, we're slowing down the exchange of meaning and reducing the noise in our communication. This comes from an idea of communication theory developed by an engineer scientist working for Bell Laboratories that every message has a signal and there is always some amount of noise that distorts or diminishes that signal. So, if I say that truck is red and you hear me clearly, then that's very little noise. I have communicated that the truck is red and you have received that. But if at the moment I'm saying that truck is red, I mumble or an ambulance drives by or you were lost in thought, then suddenly We've introduced noise, and you might not know what I wanted to tell you about that truck over there. Now, trucks being red isn't really all that important in the grand scheme of things. But if we think about a longer conversation, between two people and we speed it up and everybody is interrupting. Everybody is waiting for their turn. Everybody is jumping to conclusions about what was said. That is a very different form of noise. And so the conversation as a whole becomes laden with misunderstandings and distortions that build. So I thought the point of your story was that you were frustrated with your boss, but really you just wanted to talk about how you have ideas on how to improve the meeting scheduling system at your work. And when I'm responding to your non-existent frustration, you 
are trying to correct and get to your point, which is confusing because I'm trying to help you complain about your boss. Why are you talking about calendar invites? And we're talking past each other. So, while pausing and speaking slowly on our own creates an opportunity to pick from more possibilities, we can think of speaking slowly in community, whether in large groups or one-on-one, as a way to narrow the range of possible meanings and create greater harmony and alignment. If you invite somebody into a slow conversation and say, Hey, I listened to this very weird podcast episode the other day, and this wizard was talking about the power of speaking slowly, using pauses, and reflective listening. Would you like to try that for the next five or ten minutes? And the other person says, sure, let's give it a try. You can think about the ideas that you're exchanging and the way this slowness removes the noise. Not all of it, to be sure, but certainly more than there would be in a rushed, frantic conversation. So as the two speakers are moving forward one step at a time, making sure to confirm that they are understanding the other person's point, a new harmony is created. And the rhythms of a slower speech synchronize and harmonize in different ways so that in those pauses you can think and in those reflections you can confirm and in that space of slowness you can learn what someone is really trying to say. And so that is what I wanted to say today. After traveling through Sweden and then getting home and returning to the rhythms of my life, my work, and my wizardry, I knew that I wanted to do slightly different style of podcast episode that I wanted to take a break from the normal rhythms of guests and interviews and just 
explore other possibilities. But I also wanted to clear away some of the noise that I think I've accumulated around this podcast. This is the noise in my own life where I rush to hit a deadline, to get an episode out, to just get it done, focusing on the destination without really enjoying the journey, which is the whole point. I also create noise around the essence of this ritual. Because while a conversation is fun and informative and will change your reality in ways both subtle and profound, that basic idea of the spell, of doing something different to create that slightly better reality, sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. You've probably listened to episodes that you didn't finish, and that's just fine. But by putting the spell at the end, we're making it harder for that shift to occur in as many lives as it could. So while I don't know, How many of you were willing to listen to me speak this slowly for this long? I hope that some of the ideas that I've tried to convey more clearly today resonate with your reality so that you can speak slowly to yourself to the world, to the people whose communication you care about. And that, by speaking slowly, or if you want to do a bonus spell, finding some place where you can walk as slowly as you possibly can, You can change your world. You can create a slightly better reality. And so I don't know where we'll go from here. But I know that I'm trying to slow down so that more possibilities and more strange non-sequiturs become available to us in the magic and community of this podcast as a ritual. Because even though I've spoken so rapidly, so much, with so many different guests over the last nearly 
five years of this ritual, there is one message that I am always trying to communicate with as little noise as possible. And this message is short and simple. And today, it is very slow. I believe in you. Your magic is real. <laughs> 